Cheers. Good evening to you and welcome. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much uh, for coming through. Cheers. Let's maybe start off here, man. Flood resilience experts. Uh, what does a flood resilience expert do? <laughs> Um, well, as a flood resilience expert, I try to uh, consult clients like uh, like the government, municipalities, and uh, private clients on um, yeah how to resolve issues of flooding. So yeah, a better understanding of the water system, understanding uh, when floods occur, and also advising uh, them or our clients uh, what to do against them. So so what are some of the things that are telltale signs that a flood is coming? Um, sorry, I, I didn't hear you correctly. No, I was just asking, what, what are some of the things that for you are indicators that a flood is coming? Like that's a tell-all sign that, you know, if I see this thing, I know that in the next while in Ladysmith or even in East London somewhere, there, there might be a flood. Um, well, of course, uh, it, it all starts with uh, with the weather. Yeah? So, um, um, yeah, we look at extreme uh, weather events. Uh, so heavy rainfall, like, like we experienced in the last uh, days, but... We've also experienced in the last couple of, uh, of years, um, and we uh, we then look at uh, the, the system, so uh, the rivers, uh, the city, uh, how well the city is able to uh, to drain the water to the uh, to the rivers, um, and based on that we identify you know, is there a risk to flooding uh, or not. And, and maybe I mean I guess how, how does climate change or you know the climate variability associated with you know a warming planet uh, how does that I guess uh, disrupt uh, how you look at these things or, or I guess uh, the frequency of floods or the frequency of you know adverse weather events? So climate change um, uh, also, of course, as you said in your introduction, also has its impact on South Africa. So um, in some parts of the country, we'll experience more. Uh, droughts, while in the other uh, regions will experience more uh, fl- type of flood events. Um, so that means that uh, when we design our infrastructure, we also need to look at what type of um, impacts are we expecting uh, and how are we going to include them in the design of our uh, roads, bridges, uh, channels, etc. And so um, a better understanding of uh, the impacts of climate change is very important to make sure that our infrastructure is also able to deal with uh, more water or sometimes also short. Now, now let's t- take a look maybe just at uh, specific cases here. Uh, and you certainly would be following some of uh, these here in South Africa and uh, I guess the impact that they've had on uh, you know residents at a municipal level. I mean, at the start of this year, we saw one happening in one township uh, in Buffalo City in Tanzania. Uh, where it was quite clear, I guess, that the drainage system, uh, one, had not caught up with uh, a growing population, but also, two, had n- probably never been built in anticipation of that yeah. much water. Um, and, and when you look at that from an adaptability and a resilience perspective, what does that tell you? And by extension, how does that inform whatever advice you provide? Well, so I think, uh, I think that's a very valid point, and it also points out the challenges that we're facing. Um, so it's not only uh, stormwater systems that, that, that cannot cope with the amount of water, um, uh, but, um, um, you know, apart from, from um, the climate change impacts that we see, uh, we're also faced with uh, urbanization, which means that uh, spatial planning uh, is, a, is a very important issue. We need to ensure that people are settling on the right places. So, for example, not in the lower areas or in floodplains, um, and also looking at planning in, in a sense that we need to look at how can we um, 
organize or develop our cities in a way that they become water sensitive. So they store more water uh, during the uh, wet periods to use, for example, during the dry periods. And so spatial planning is, is one important thing. Um, another thing is uh, talking about the stormwater systems is good maintenance. So we need to ensure that our uh, stormwater systems or channels uh, are also clean and in, well, in good conditions. Uh, that means, for example, that you can clean those uh, those pipes and drains before the rainy season starts. Um, but I think it, it also means that we need to look at how are we dealing with our waste. Are we not clogging our systems in that way, for example? Um, so those are two things I'm thinking about. And uh, a third thing that we could do or prevent uh, flooding is uh, looking at the stress testing. So, for example... Uh, look how a certain city is dealing with uh, more rain, which is expected as a as a result of climate change. And that uh, those three things, I think, will be uh, a good uh, good uh, actions going forward. And I guess, I mean, all of these things that uh, you mention um, not only imply certain resources, but also um, require uh, I don't know how to put this require particular types of expertise and. Um, particular assumptions, right, on how many people, you spoke about spatial planning earlier on, on how many people, if in the instance of a stormwater drain, would be in a particular locality uh, that is served by that, and also, I guess, uh, you know, assumptions on what, uh, you know, weather patterns are going to look like, so how many centimeters of rain that uh, you might anticipate as the maximum or lower bound. Uh, How easy is that uh, in a context where variability means you might not... Uh, you might assume something today, but uh, I guess if climate change gets worse in the next decade, it might uh, sort of uh, shift all of those assumptions out of kilter. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So uh, when it comes to the uncertainty and variability, uh, it's good to also uh, be conservative in the designs that we make when it comes to stormwater infrastructure. Um, so, of course, there is uncertainty in the climate models that we, uh, that we are, uh, are seeing uh, and we need to come up with a with a robust method to use those climate change projections, and also come up with a conservative estimate on how to design um, well our roads, bridges, etc. And I guess it's interesting that when you mention it in that way, because you know we're a water scarce country, um, and there's a big question mark around you know what do you do when you've got this overabundance, if I can put it that way, of water, so much so that it, you know, can even be disastrous and have significant damage, uh, you know, both to social and productive activities uh, and even public infrastructure. Um, What do you do with that water uh, in anticipation for, I guess, uh, the more drier days, which uh, we're really accustomed to in this country? Yeah. So, for example, earlier I was talking about, uh, about a climate stress test, for example. So looking at uh, what what effects is uh, our, our climate change opposing on the city. Um, and in such a stress test, we look at, okay, what are the, the hotspots? Like where are we facing uh, most difficulties when it comes to uh, drought or flooding, for example? And from that overview of where we have our, our risk, uh, our, our vulnerability hotspots, we can then see on how to adapt uh, a certain city uh, to store more water during wet, uh, wet periods and use it when it's dry. So um, there's a whole variety of, uh, of um, measures that one can take. So, for example, um, the subsurface uh, is, uh, is uh, one of the options, uh, but you can also use uh, parks, for example, to store water, uh, which will also ensure that our groundwaters uh, remain high, for example. Um, and, yeah, 
there are, there are a variety of things. You can uh, look at storing water for a longer period. You can also look at, hey, can we maybe uh, delay the water a bit so that we do not have these high water levels in the river, but ensure that the water is staying in the city for a longer time. Um, so like a retention pond, for example. Um, so there's a variety of measures one can take in Africa. And I guess, you know, the other issue is, um, you know, at a practical level for many people who are listening into the show, um, talk to me about the process, I guess, of evacuating people. I mean, you speak about the system of, you know, having hotspots, having a sense, uh, you know, a diagnostic sense and uh, very much like a sort of war room type situation where you know, based on your assessment, this is the spot that might be hit. Um, just any lessons in your experiences? I mean, you, you you've certainly been... Uh, in spaces where many things have happened, uh, you know, Katrina, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, rehabilitated river systems in Nigeria, um, and uh, also, I guess, dealt with flood risks in Myanmar. Um, what accounts or contributes to a successful evacuation uh, and also, I guess, successful management of uh, disasters of this kind uh, that at least prevent the loss of life and limb and property? Yeah, so um, indeed the, the impact on people it can be quite significant. Eh? I think earlier today I, I read that already in case of then 25 people are killed in uh, over the summer season. Um, so so we need to think about the impact of floods uh, on, on people. And um, for successful evacuation, it firstly starts with awareness. So mm. um, a climate stress test is not only something for a municipality, the, it should also be known to the uh, the people living in the in the city and the communities what certain risk areas are, and so that they are aware what type of area are they living and what can I do when uh, a certain flood event occurs, uh, or what should I not do, for example, because uh, often here in South Africa you see people still uh, crossing uh, flooded bridges, uh, for example, which is uh, very dangerous. So. Um, also, things that should not be done is thing is important to uh, mm. um, tell people. I saw a video uh, earlier on today. I mean, uh, of somebody jumping uh, Olympic dive style into yeah. a flooded river from a bridge, uh, yeah. and I guess yeah. there's mixed opinion on social media around that. I mean, what what are some of the things when a river has flooded over, uh, or you know, has flooded its banks? Uh, what are some of the things that move in the current of water that might be dangerous to anybody who might want to swim in that water? Well, you see, the water is coming a long way before it uh, it reaches you. So it can take all kind of branches. It can take, um, uh, well, in some cases, I actually saw uh, refrigerators, um, uh, big uh, trunks, um, a lot of waste is being uh, carried as well. And also don't forget that uh, also in low, uh, like shallow waters, the current can be quite high. So it's very dangerous to uh, to actually walk also in those uh, uh uh, waters with which have high velocities, um, and yeah, th- that should be uh, communicated. Um, and another way of communicating would also be, for example, uh, early warnings, yeah, so that uh, uh, flood early warnings given to to citizens might also help people to be aware of what is happening in their surroundings. And uh, I guess you know, just as we wrap up, I mean, wh- one of the other big questions, uh, and uh, it just it does seem that a lot of this requires a lot of capability in preempting a lot of these adverse weather events, but also uh, after they've happened. I mean, the, the reconstruction process, uh, one can imagine, becomes a very, very costly exercise. From, from a, you know, a, a planning perspective, at the level of a community, at the level of a municipality, right up to you know, uh, um, where other decision-making authority might sit, 
what are some of the things that you've seen in your experience that are critical in making sure that at least the disaster capability is able to respond effectively and uh, rather rapidly? Because um, one can imagine that a lot of lives can be lost and uh, a lot of things can happen that require a very speedy response. Um. Yeah, so in terms of response, uh, knowing where your, your hotspots are, knowing where you have your, your highest risk of flooding uh, is, is one of those things. Um, of informing your, your, your citizens of, uh, of the risks um, and also ensuring that you have uh, sufficient uh, disaster management plans in place to deal with these kind of uh, events. Um, so it's not something that, uh, that that just is taking place at municipality level. It is really also about you know involving the community, involving citizens on the ground that they are aware where are they living, what can I do uh, when a certain event occurs. And uh, jumping off a bridge during a flood is definitely uh, not one of those uh, things. Uh, I guess, yeah, 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 that message, very, very clear. I mean, it didn't look really safe, but uh, I guess uh, opinion really mixed on that particular one. Chirt, we'll have to leave it there, and uh, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Thanks for having me. Thanks.